Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Friday morning, the 13th of August. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. Now that almost 80% of us have had at least one dose of the vaccine, the success of the programme is clear in that most people in hospital have not been vaccinated. If you haven't been vaccinated and you do get COVID, the chance is you will be much sicker than someone who has been vaccinated if they are unfortunate enough to, to get the virus. This is even more so the case when it comes to critical care. A very high percentage of patients being admitted to ICU, uh, ranging in, in a range of between 76 to 80 percent, are not fully vaccinated. Out of 150 recent COVID-19 deaths, 124 of the people who died had not been fully vaccinated. 60% of the hospitalised cases cases were over the ages of 50 years. 33% of the hospitalised cases were between the ages of 19 to 49. And 7% of the hospitalised cases were between the years years 0 to 18. The HSE boss Paul Reid telling a press conference yesterday that people young and old continue to need hospital care because of COVID. The average length of stay was six and a half days with an average patient age of 41 years of age and but indeed the um, the age range uh, of those discharged can vary from uh, zero to 92 years of age. Those who are so sick that they need critical care invariably spend much longer in hospital. In terms of the length of stay in ICU, the average length of stay in ICU is 18 days. But the length of stay in ICU, again, can range from one day to 91 days. Vaccination does not make you bulletproof. You can be vaccinated and get COVID. But even if the virus does break through, your vaccine will put the odds in your favour. 58% of ICU cases aren't vaccinated at all. Again, high in proportion to the population, 25%. Uh, 18% are partially vaccinated and 24% fully vaccinated. Paul Reid has also been giving details about the vaccine status of some 150 people who died recently from COVID. Between the 1st of April and the 7th of August, 150 of these deaths we have the vaccination data for. Uh, 62 deaths were reported from persons having received at least one dose of COVID-19 COVID vaccine prior to death. And again, just seven were reported in persons who are fully protected, that is, two doses in a 14-day period post, or the relevant period post. 
That's the HSE Chief Paul Reid speaking at a press conference yesterday. Now, we were speaking a lot on the programme yesterday about those who won't get vaccinated aside from those who are not able to get vaccinated or advised against it. And certainly one group of people who are not willing to get vaccinated and probably more understandably than other cohorts is women who are expecting babies uh, because uh, there's been a low uptake on uh, the number of women who are pregnant who have been vaccinated, it seems. Uh, And as a result of that, we've been learning that one in three of the women who are in ICU, who are of a childbearing age, had just given birth or were pregnant. It's a frightening statistic and probably ties into what the Rotunda has been saying, which is that 60% of patients and visitors to their hospital are unvaccinated. That's why there's restrictions in place for visiting. Peter Tobin is uh, the leader and founder of the AIN2 party and a TD for Mead West and on the line. And you want to change that situation where visiting uh, and accompanying uh, expectant mothers or mothers who are giving birth uh, is prohibited. Uh, you want that to be permissible and that, in fact, pregnant women should be entitled to be accompanied by law. Yeah, so AIN2 has submitted the Maternity Care COVID-19 Bill 2021. It comes on the back of a, of a very significant campaign uh, by women across the country to ensure that uh, when women go to um, maternity appointments or to maternity hospitals that they are supported uh, by the fathers or their partners uh, in this really difficult time. So, you know, many women are going to really daunting uh, appointments, appointments that have life and death uh, results uh, for them. Many women are dealing with um, issues such as miscarriage uh, in these uh, appointments and this has put enormous pressure on mothers and can have a significant mental health effect, uh, mental health effect uh, on mothers uh, with regards to the situation that they're going through. I know of particular cases where uh, a, a mother would be in hospital for over a month uh, where she's not allowed, her partner was not allowed to visit her at all for that month where she actually fell while in hospital and, and damaged her ligaments and yet her partner wasn't able to provide any help to her while she was uh, waiting uh, for um, for, for the child uh, to be born, and it's caused obviously major difficulty for uh, the mother and the father. We know that the senior clinicians in the HSC, including Tony Houlihan, uh, have put forth uh, guidelines uh, with regards to maternity care. And you know, the people who are in charge of the public health system in this country have stated, you know, that uh, fathers and partners uh, should, in fact, have access to. Uh, pre-maternity appointments to the the birthing uh, itself and indeed to antenatal appointments which can be very very uh, very very difficult uh, at times can have bad news uh, as well Mm. Um, and you know unfortunately not all of the hospitals have have had adhered to these guidelines which you know this has been going on for months ministers have you know guaranteed that this will happen and yet we know even today that in all 19 maternity hospitals you know, there is still issues that are, uh, hospitals are not adhering to those individual uh, guidelines. And that's why we want to put forward a, a bill which would allow for partners to attend 
uh, these very, very important. They really are heartbreaking stories and we're talking about stories uh, that relate to such an important time in people's lives and it's a time that people can't get back. You can't revisit this. It is an incredibly important time. So what we're talking about is the, the arrival, hopefully, of a person's family, uh, of their children. Uh, and, you know, it's the, the birthing can be one of the most dangerous journeys that a child will go on and that a mother will go on in their whole lives. Um, and in these meetings, people, it's unfortunate, but it happens on a regular basis, get news that is not good, that is life and death news, that is news which, you know, they see their dreams and their, mm. their, their view of the future tumble down around them. Um, and, you know, in, in those types of situations, it's important to have a partner there to support you. Probably all the more so because uh, of uh, the upset that that causes. Uh, but it's not just uh, the danger or the tragedy that can sometimes result from pregnancy. And we hear stories of women miscarrying without their partner being present uh, and so on. But it's also the joy uh, and one of the most important things when uh, a birth is completely successful without complication. Uh, And it's something that you want everybody who is important to that event to be present at. Well, well, I will say about miscarriage and that miscarriage is, 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 I think, one of the most devastating experiences that couples will have. Mm. And you know, it, it's a different type of grief than normal grief because in many cases it's a grief that's had um, in, in private uh, where people don't get to get the support of their, their families and their communities around them. And it can be, you know, a, a devastating uh, grief that lasts uh, for months and even for years. And for a person to receive that type of news on their own without somebody, you know, to hold uh, their hands, to, to, to put their arm around them, and when that news arrives is, is, is absolutely wrong mm. in my view. Okay. And, you know, at the same time, we've got to realise that the rest of the world is opening up. The rest, mm. like people are attending football matches in their tens of thousands. People are travelling abroad <clears throat> in massive numbers. People are eating and drinking indoors. You know, uh, people are going to hairdressers. Uh, <clears throat> and yet we see that this particular difficult aspects of uh, our lives are not being supported. Mm. And that's why we, we, we introduced this legislation. Now, if the health advice changes in the future, we're happy for the doll to, to alter the legislation to suit that. Okay. Right now, the public it's health... proposed legislation. Uh, it's what you would like to be the law and you've uh, drawn up uh, the bill and you're putting it uh, to the Oireachtas uh, for consideration. Uh, and we've seen changes uh, whilst the rotunda continues with these restrictions. For example, Hollis Street has announced this week that it's lifting the restrictions and it's going to allow partners to be present. But is that not the job of the individual hospitals to make that decision, given what we were hearing uh, a little bit earlier on uh, about the amount of women who are pregnant or had just given birth who find themselves in ICU and uh, in tandem with that, the amount of women who are expecting a child who have not been vaccinated and won't get vaccinated. Vaccination rate uh, amongst uh, women going to hospitals at the moment is about 40%, and the rest of the, of the uh, general society, it's around 60%. So there is a difference between it, but it's, it's not a massive difference. It's not a case you know, where it's completely <clears throat> going in the opposite direction from the rest of society. Remember also, the fathers... Um, and well, I think are- 80% of uh, the adult population have had a first dose of vaccination. That's going to exceed 90% 
very yeah. shortly. It's 80% of the adult population, but it's just over 60% of the general population. Well, yeah. we're talking about adults here when we're talking about women who are expecting children, and 40% is a very low uptake. Uh, and that is what is of concern, uh, in particular to the rotunda. Uh, and that concern... Uh, is added to because of the infrastructure and uh, the ability to keep people apart from each other at appropriate distances and for ventilation and so on. It's a clinical decision that is being made for doctors. Why should politicians interfere with what is the duty of care that doctors have for their patients? Okay, so first and foremost, most fathers and partners are close contacts <clears throat> of, their mother, uh, of mothers. So and the people that they're going in to support, they are in the same health situation, typically with regards to COVID, uh, as their partners. Secondly, antigen testing could be used to radically reduce uh, risk within these hospitals. So you could have a situation that everybody that's accessing, both mother and father uh, accessing these maternity hospitals, could be antigen tested. Uh, which would actually have a, a bigger impact on safety. But I take it the uh, obstetricians working on the ground disagree. But, but it, listen, I have spent the last year and a half listening from politicians and from the media saying that we need to follow the health guidelines mm. of the CMO and uh, NEFIT. Yeah. The CMO and mm. NEFIT have introduced guidelines, yeah. and those guidelines are that there is a cost to withholding mm. fathers and partners from these really And, and of course there is, and I think we've discussed that Absolutely. in, in so, detail, and I, I think it's clear to everybody but what that cost really is. But you, 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 you know that there's the macro overview uh, in comparison to the micro overview, where people are on the ground in an actual environment where things are happening on a daily basis, and it is their responsibility to care for the people who are coming to them for that care. Uh, and in this circumstance, they believe, or in some circumstances, because uh, as mentioned uh, by some, it's a postcode lottery. Uh, some hospitals uh, allow partners, others don't. Uh, uh, and the example we've given today is that Hollis Street has changed its mind. It's going to allow partners now. The Rotunda is not changing its mind. It's not going to allow partners. It's a decision that has to be made uh, on the micro level, is it not? Well, it, as I said, you know, we, we have a situation where we've had people tell us to listen to the CMO listen to the best health advice, listen to the science, listen to, to NEFIT. These organizations are very, very clear in saying that the guidelines should be to allow access for partners and for fathers uh, with regards mothers at the time of maternity. And, you know, for people to turn around to say that Tony Holden is going against best uh, health practice, going against... No, no, no. Is, 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 well, that's what it would mean, because... No, I don't, I, I don't think so. I think that's far too simplistic, uh, because I think what it says is that Tony Hoolan is saying that it should be OK. Uh, and there's uh, many, many different things that would feed into that opinion, including uh, the environment uh, that people are being seen in, the ventilation in that environment, and the uptake of vaccination uh, by those who are uh, attending. Uh, the rotunda where the rate is 60% of patients and vis visitors have not been vaccinated. The result uh, is possibly this other statistic that we've been hearing about, uh, uh, that one in three women of childbearing age in ICU are pregnant or had just given birth because they're coming into contact with people in maternity hospitals. My constituents are coming to me saying that there's a serious problem here. And it's my job as an elected representative to try and find solutions to these problems. Could you ask them and, to get vaccinated? And, yep, like, 
we have asked people to get vaccinated uh, previously. And we've told people that, you know, in, in hospitals, that we need to start using antigen testing to protect that space. Mm. We've also uh, given the, 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 the suggestions that maternity, some maternity services, you know, uh, especially antenatal services, mm. could be, you know, moved to the community setting, which would relieve pressure on maternity hospitals and facilitate best practice with regards to uh, distancing, mm. etc., um, in, in those areas. You know, we, we have called for further investment in maternity services. Maternity services are grossly underfunded mm. at mm. the moment, and there's a big battle going over on the St. Vincent site, which is holding up the building of the National Maternity Hospital. Mm. We have been making these arguments over and over again, but in the critical element of the cost to a person's uh, life, to their humanity to their mental health mm. of sitting in a meeting unsupported by their loved one uh, or spending weeks sometimes in a maternity hospital without the support of their loved one uh, from outside. There is a balance of costs in all of these. And when the world and its mother are going about their normal business on the outside, you know, when Crow Park has 18, 20, maybe 40,000 people within it, it is very hard to understand how people can ignore ref- and refuse Neffet and Tony Hulin's advice that actually this should be the, the, the best practice within maternity hospitals that husbands and partners can support their loved ones. Well, it's time. what everybody would want to achieve. Uh, at the moment, some maternity hospitals are saying it isn't safe. Why is it uh, that uh, pregnant women are deciding not to get vaccinated? What are you hearing from women who are expecting children when they tell you they won't get vaccinated? I'm not sure exactly why. Um, I do obviously understand that um, you know pregnancy is, is, is a is a key time for mm. obviously new birth is coming, uh, new life is coming into the world. Historically, I know that there has been difficulties with regards different medicines mm. uh, and uh, babies. For example, you know we have seen situations such as thalidomide uh, happen. Um, I have seen no evidence at all in 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 all that I've seen. Mm that there's a danger with regards to this vaccine uh, and... Quite, uh, quite, quite the opposite, child. it would seem. And yes, of course, there have been. And I'm sure that you're right in what you're saying and that that's feeding into the thinking of pregnant women that are trying to do the best for their baby. Uh, but that's probably not the case if they end up in ICU themselves. Uh, and if you have the situation for everybody as a result where partners can't attend at these vital times. Uh, let's hear from a, a doctor because we mentioned some of uh, these statistics uh, to Dr. Mary Scully, uh, who's a, a GP in Navin yesterday, about the women who end up in ICU who had just given birth or indeed were pregnant for that matter. Yes, it's, it's a really scary statistic. Um, and again, you can appreciate, you know, if you're pregnant that you don't want to be taking something that might harm the baby, but it has to be weighed up against the risk of getting COVID. And for some reason, like flu, uh, pregnant women are often more severely affected by the illness. Um, you know, and that's why, you know, flu vaccine has been recommended for pregnant women for years now, mm. because we know they're more severely affected and it seems to be the same with COVID. Dr. Scully, well known to you, I'm sure, Patrick Tobin. Uh, but I, I think the point there is that there is a, another way of approaching this to encourage women who are expecting children to get vaccinated, regardless of the fact that they're pregnant. I, I would recommend that uh, pregnant women and their partners fully research uh, the science around the vaccines and the effects that the vaccines have, first of all, on themselves. 
Um, secondly, as the fact that they are uh, they're pregnant and maybe more susceptible uh, to COVID or at least um, worse uh, events of, of, of COVID. And obviously to, to work to understand what effect the vaccine may or may not have uh, on uh, their child. Obviously the most important issue uh, for women going through childbirth is their own protection to protect themselves and their lives. That's the primary concern uh, of that really important journey. Um, but it is completely understandable that in, in that moment of time that you know, the, the parental instincts will also kick in uh, to make sure that and the mother um, will, will have an instinct to see, can they do their best naturally to also protect uh, the baby? My reading on this, and I'm not an expert, but my, my reading on this is that uh, it is safe uh, for a person to go uh, through childbirth uh, and to be vaccinated. And indeed, you know, uh, for the protection of the mother uh, and the child, it may well be the case that it's best practice uh, to have a vaccine uh, taken in this situation. And um, just, just, just to conclude, um, can I ask you, uh, in relation to your bill, uh, is it that if the doctors believe that the situation is unsafe to allow partners to uh, attend, that they should be forced to do otherwise by law? The, the bill states that the guidelines with regards to CMO uh, that should be adhered to that the mm. guidelines created by uh, the uh, the chief medical officer in relation to if this is safe or not should be adhered to. So you know we have like so so you would force the rotunda to make well, a I, different I, I, I decision than the one that they've done. No, no, Tony Holland is going to force the rotunda. No, but your law, your your law that but, you're proposing would Tony force Tony the guidelines. Yeah, but your law would force, the, as things stand under those guidelines, your law would force the Rotunda to make a different decision to the one they believe is in the best interest of their patients. See, the, the way you put the question is that there's three different perspectives here, that there's the, the law, that there is best uh, practice from the CMO, and then there's the hospital. There isn't. The CMO, Neffet, have stated that it is, it is safe and best practice, and it is the guidelines to actually allow for partners to attend. Mm. And That's the it, macro view. The micro but, view but no, in the rotunda is that it's not safe. Uh, and you're saying that by law, you would force them to do otherwise. Michael, what you're saying by that, the, 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 that question says that Tony Hoolan is looking for the, the uh, master of the rotunda to implement a guideline that is in danger of women's health. Well, the question is still the same, regardless of how you hear regardless of how you hear the question, is it that the master of the rotunda would be forced by law to change the policy in relation to partners, a company? Well, obviously, the, the law states that, a, that if it's implemented, would state that a mother has the right to ask for a partner to be able to attend to give support um, to that mother in a case of uh, very, very difficult and daunting um, appointments in the hospital and the birth uh, if necessary. And then we would look for the government to make sure that everything is put into place, such as antigen testing, such as further investments, such as bringing some maternity services into the community setting where they would be, would be safer uh, to make sure that, that that can happen safely. Okay. Um, and the premise of your question is the same premise as is the CMO looking to do something that would be endangering uh, the health of mothers? I don't believe that the CMO is looking to do that. And this law 
definitely doesn't seek to do that either. Okay, we'll leave there. Thank you indeed uh, for joining us as always on the programme. That's the leader and founder of uh, the AIN2 party, Padre Tobin, who's a TD for Meath West. Michael Reed on LMFM. Ready to pop the question? The jewellers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.